Welcome to Behind the Pulpit Podcast, the podcast designed to grow young ministers. This is Tim Lucas, and with me today in our luxurious, opulent virtual studios is Ryan Goff and Nigel Ali. How's it going, guys? It is amazing in this studio. I can't even explain it. And joining us again is my brother, Andrew Lucas. Thanks for coming back with us, Andrew. Sure, man. Enjoyed it so much last time. Had to come back. He's not getting my cut of the pay, is he? He's not getting... He's second oh, episode. No. He's not getting my cut of the pay. No. Okay. He doesn't know that we get money right, out of this. Right, right. <laughs> so how are we splitting up the negative $20 again, guys? Okay. He can have, he can have my half. I was just kidding. He can have... He can. Okay. So today we're going to be talking about the mind in reference to spiritual warfare and how we can combat the enemy's attacks on our mind. But before we do, we want to hear from Nigel. He had the opportunity to go to an incredible conference. I'm sure most of you have already heard about it. Some of you have probably already gone. But I want him to tell us a little bit about his recent trip to Because of the Times. Nigel, how how was your uh, time there? Hey, man. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Well, this was my second year. Last year was my first year. I enjoyed it so much that I uh, took my wife with me. Um, and, uh, with, with her, we, we have decided that this is going to be a conference that we want to attend every year. Uh, it was absolutely incredible. Um, there was services after services and, uh, we were fed, we were washed. Um, uh, the things that were discussed in the panels were just amazing. They dedicated a day where they talked about, uh, um, just emotional pains and emotional, uh, things that the minister deals with. And it was really neat. And then also they, they helped us with, uh, registration. You know, we, we are evangelizing and they had us, uh, for free over there. We, uh, the entire family, we were able to go enjoy ourselves. Uh, I took my kids as well. They had stuff for the kids. We had, uh, evangelist, uh, luncheon that was provided by because of the times as well um just wonderful experience i would i would encourage any young minister that is that is uh just wanting to uh, get fed i know that you guys uh invest out uh sometimes it's good to invest in yourself um so yeah try to go and uh and and be in this conference because of the times. And I believe you will forever be changed and you will not regret it. You'll want to go again and again. Well, what do you think some of the benefit benefits are, uh, Nigel, of especially a young minister um, going to because of the times? You reestablish friendships that you've already made in your district or, you know, you get to meet missionaries, uh, you get to meet a bigger body of people, uh, ministers that are, that are laboring together with you. You know, sometimes when you're in a church, um, maybe, maybe you're, you're a part of a small church and you don't see the big picture, but when you go to because of the times, it mostly is just ministers and it just opens your understanding that you are not alone. You're part of a very big body of, of men and women that are laboring with you. It opens your understanding to see that you are part of a very big something that God is doing. Yeah, and I think too, there's just something about, you kind of alluded to it, but it's just, just being there. It's so encouraging. It fires you up. You go in and you're like, man, I think I'm going to quit. 
And then all of a sudden you look around and you're like, man, I'm not alone. And there's purpose. There is a why. I'm not just doing this for no reason. There's a purpose. And it just invigorates you to see the kingdom of God on a larger scale. You you go home feeling like you can charge hell with, with a, a water pistol. At least for me, that's how it is. I always encourage young ministers in our church and district to go to, to everything they can. Sectional meetings. Um, sometimes, yeah, I get it. It's like a lot of it's business. And I don't want to hear them read the financial report again. It, it means nothing to me. Um, you know, from each department. And it's like, there's better things I could do with my Saturday. But no, there's not because just being there, it, it's so encouraging. And then you get, you do, you get to meet the ministers, you develop friendships beyond what you would otherwise. And so every, and district conference, man, I love going to district conference. And, and it's not just a preaching. Of course, it's great. It is so important too. There's something special when when you're preached to. And I know sometimes, especially as young ministers, we hear preaching. So we think we're okay. It's not like, you know, a pastor who's preaching every every Sunday and every service. And so, you know, you know that he needs preached to and he's not getting fed. But for us, we think we're okay because, you know, yeah, I get preached to most services. I don't preach most services, but it's different when the preaching is directed at sinners and even saints compared to when you're at a conference or because of the times where the preaching is directed at preachers. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it's really I will interject man. this. The one thing that I've realized here uh, since I've been in Oregon is that it's good that you, if you go to those things. I mean, uh, we want to go to general conference this year. Uh, that's that's one of our goals. Um, I wanted to go to, to because of the times, but just wasn't able to. Uh, if you're not going to your sectional or district events, especially if you are a licensed minister within that district. I hate to say people notice that, but I feel like they do. They do. I agree. It needs to be priority to to go to those things so that you can connect with with your ministers that you're that you're working with there in your cities and your surrounding cities and those surrounding churches. So go to because of the times, go to general conference, but go to your sectional events. Go to the sectional youth rally. Yeah. Go to the district conference. Go to your sectional, you know, go to the, uh, all the different, uh, the prayer summits and those types of things. Those are, are just as important. Yeah. And, and two, when you go to your sectional meeting and your district conference, don't be silly, please. I've seen other young ministers and then I've seen the way the, what I'll call adult. Right. <laughs> ministers look at them because it's like they're sitting in the back. When there's nominations, they're always putting people's names down that, aren't serious i'll put some guys down name for lady secretary to tease him and joke and it's like there's one or two older ministers that thinks it's funny and trying to be young or whatever but the vast majority of them are rolling their eyes and they're they're not taking them serious you know paul told timothy i'm not trying to get all spiritual here but the bible always applies he told timothy he's like look don't let men despise your youth. And I know some people say that means they stand up when somebody's like, oh, you're young, that you got to fight back and say, no, I'm not young. No, that's not what he's saying. He's like, act in a way that people don't despise your youth. He goes on and says, but, so don't let people despise your youth, but be an example. How? In word and conversation and charity and spirit and faith and purity. He's like, in all these things, be an example of the believers. When you go to these conferences, act like an adult and then also Make it a point when you go to these events, don't just hang out with the other young ministers. That's the easy thing to do because you can always strike up a conversation 
and you're not intimidated with these other young ministers, but seek out the older ones that you respect. You know, it may be awkward for the first five minutes. Maybe you don't know what to say, but just say, hey, uh, can I have, can I sit here, you know, or go to you with lunch? I don't know how your district does it. Go to you with lunch or can I sit with you at lunch? I did that with brother Eli Hernandez. I went to him up at district conference and uh, he was sitting there and there wasn't much room by him, but I was like, brother Hernandez, can I sit with you? You know, and I sat there the whole service and then uh, he went up to get to lunch and I just followed him. He couldn't get out of my, I was like a shadow, you know, and then uh, sat down and, and poor guy, man, I was just like nonstop asking him questions and, and I, out of politeness, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting, you know, and I'm all serious during lunch. He's like, no, 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 I, I enjoy it. Every district has these kind of guys in it that are respected around the, the nation. So why right. not? If you want it, go ask for the time. Most of these guys love pouring into young ministers, but they're not going to seek you out. I, I do think it's important uh, to be faithful because as a, as a minister, as a leader, you ask your people to be faithful. You ask your people to come to stuff that you put on, but then you're not willing to support other people. And if you end up in a position, I've seen it happen where someone didn't participate in anything, then they get elected to a, a position. And all of a sudden, it's the most important thing in the world and everybody should show up, but they never did. And then they wonder why nobody buys in or, you know, the, and we teach our people, you know, you need to get connected because there's strength. And, but then as ministers, the, you're not going to be able to, to be helped as much by the people in your church. You need those friendships from other ministers because there will be times in ministry where you're going to struggle. And you're going to need someone to talk to and to prop you up and to pray for you. And you're, you need to have those relationships ahead of time that you can trust and go and say, Hey, man, I'm struggling right now. Help me out. Pray for me. Um, and they'll yeah. help you. They'll lead you. They'll, they'll build you up and not condemn you. Before we go down that rabbit trail too, too long, we do want to get to our actual main topic today of the battlefield of the mind. And this is honestly, I mean, it's such a huge, huge deal. And this comes from Second uh, Corinthians chapter ten is really the the where we got the title and the thought for this, and I'm sure there's many books um, of this topic. But it, it's Second Corinthians chapter ten, and it begins in verse three. And, and we like to quote this, and we focus on verse three. Um, and it says, "For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds." Now, notice verse 5. This is the one that really stuck out to me. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So, notice it's imaginations, knowledge, and thoughts. So, these are all things that happen in our mind. And the, the, the strongholds, that are, that are there are so often. Now, I, I understand there's other implications of demonic powers and, and organization on, on different levels and all that. And I understand that. And I'm not denying that. But I think that the basic level of understanding in this scripture is those strongholds are in our minds. And those strongholds so often are patterns of thoughts that we so often can't break free from. There's two sources of these kind of thoughts the thoughts that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. So that's against the proper knowledge of God. Of course, there's really three, the world, our flesh or carnality, and the devil. There's the thoughts that come because of things we see in the world, billboards, um, things like that. Those are very easily identifiable that that's the source. Typically, when the enemy sends a thought my way, it's, it's rather bizarre. 
Um, the temptation is not something that I would come up with on my own. Just being transparent, sometimes I'll have a thought that's you know not right about a woman that's not even attractive to me. And it goes through my mind so quick. And if I'm on my spiritual game, if you will, it's not hard to recognize it and move on. But the one that kind of is a little more difficult for me is when it's my carnal mind, my fleshly mind, because those thoughts are very consistent with the way I think, because they are me thinking. I'm thinking according to my thought patterns. And so it's a lot easier to get stuck in that pattern for me personally. I don't know if you guys have the same experience. Yeah. And I think a lot of times it's you know, yes. a lot of times we give too much, <laughs> you know, they say we give too much credit to the devil. Um, you know, that a lot of times it's us that we're battling against more so than, yeah, than Satan. Because, and here's a question as far as Satan's ability to interject thoughts into our own minds, is this something that he has the ability to do? I think yes. so. Um, and now I would say he speaks to us the same way God speaks to us. And to me, both of those are, at least the way I experience them, are very close to thoughts. Yeah. Okay. I think our our mind is one of the most open and accessible areas in our lives uh, to the devil. Um, Although we, you know, we cannot control uh, the our thoughts that that come into our mind, we cannot stop thoughts from entering into our mind. At the same time, you, you, you can control your thoughts, the patterns that, that it follows. And, uh, Ryan, were you about to disagree though? No, no, I, I, I wasn't, I just, that was just an honest, th- okay, you know, just okay. thought that I had or. Okay. So let's start with the world. What are your techniques, guys, that you've found helpful in combating the thoughts that come from the world, the ungodly thoughts? Personally, I don't know that I, I necessarily differentiate between the thoughts that come from the world and the devil and, and myself and, and as far as combating them, you know, because regardless, they're in my mind. And so, combating them, of course, is recognizing them. Uh, of course, the, the verse that, that we just talked about talks about taking them into captivity. Some people say, well, I can't control my thoughts. That's not true. That's not you true. You can control yeah, your thoughts. You can, you can absolutely. take them captive. You can, um, in fact, it, it's it's the, a word picture that Paul uses uh, so eloquently so often of a, you know, in, in our world, maybe like a police officer arresting someone, taking it captive, putting right. it in prison, not allowing it to have free reign. And in Second Corinthians, I find it interesting that the verse we read, it talks about imaginations. You know, that's right. that thing, you know, how many problems do we see in the church because people yep. imagine things? It's not even right. real. It's not even true. And so, he addresses imaginations to to cast them down, to to get rid of them, throw them away. And then everything that exalted itself against the knowledge, um, you know, because so, we have to know God. We have to know who God is, We, um, our, you know, knowledge. And then bringing our thoughts into the obedience of Christ. So, making sure that every thought, whether it's from the world, myself, that it's in obedience to Christ. Of course, that's in obedience to the Word of God, making sure it's subject to to the Word of God, um, to the Spirit of God. And so, for me personally, and y'all may be different, for me, when it comes to different, different, you know, sources, combating it to me is the same. You you have to know the Word of God. Um, I, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I think one thing that's interesting too, as you said this, I remembered, I heard one guy said, now I haven't thought it through to know if I want to make this statement absolute. He said it absolutely. He said, every sin comes from 
improper knowledge of God. You either think God, you, you don't understand God's justice. You don't understand God's holiness. You don't understand God's love. Somehow you are knowing God improperly and your thoughts about God are not proper. And so if you know God correctly in, in his fullness, you'll never sin. And that every sin you do comes from an improper knowledge of God. I don't know if I want to go that far, but a lot of them are. That's true. It's because we don't understand how serious God is about sin, or we don't understand how impo- how much God wants to empower us to overcome sin. Um, we don't understand the, the depth of sacrifice he went through so that we could be free from sin. Um, but I think one thing, though, for me personally, that is very successful in the world because if I don't believe the world has access directly to your mind, it has to come through one of your senses. So when it comes to the world, if I can cut off that source of that thought, so for most often, it's probably going to be eyes, at least for guys, it's going to be eyes. I'm not sure who it is. Somebody, um, this is not original with me, but coined the frame, bouncing your eyes. For instance, you know, you, you, you can't help it. If you're a guy you guys know this. Most of our listenership is, is male, I think. Um, women, you'll be surprised to hear this probably, but men, it is true. If you are not consciously trying not to, a woman can walk in the other side of the room. You don't even know, but your, your eyes are drawn there and she's not dressed right. Well, what you, you have to do is learn that to, to what he calls bounce your eyes. And that's where the moment your eyes fall on something like that, you bounce them somewhere else. You know, with work, it can be done. And that really cuts off a lot of temptation from our world. It just, it never gets to your mind. One thing that I read that I, I liked and I started doing it is uh, praying for that person. It, it kind of forces me to get my mind recentered and refocused on what matters. And that, that matters is that, that person's soul. So, uh, and it also gets my mind back on God. You know, the interesting thing that I've been learning about the mind is that the mind really is such a pliable thing that the more you repetitively do something, in this case, sinning. And the interesting thing is that the same part of your brain that gets, that changes from extensive pornography viewing is the same part of the brain that gets changed from, uh, gaming. Um, it's that, impulse control portion, the frontal cortex of the brain. And the brain literally creates these shortcuts that stimulate the mind to to want to get to a certain point. So, for instance, in pornography, if you are continuously watching pornography, simple things that normally wouldn't have any sexual connection will connect the mind to this canyon-sized pathway that you've created and your and and that impulse control basically dissipates and that's why so many people fall back into that sin what's amazing is that you can rebuild you can recreate new pathways by doing these things so one of these things that i have been doing was praying for praying for the people that that are hurting or if i see somebody that maybe my mind normally would think uh a lustful thought about, I pray for that person. <clears throat> That's kind of helped me and also just acknowledging God's existence in the, in the mundane things of life that you normally wouldn't, you know, thanking God for, for different things kind of just forces me to, to keep my mind on God, you know, like, you know what? I know God, I don't normally thank you for this, but thank you for a nice smooth drive to work today because 
Traffic usually is pretty terrible, um, but for whatever reason, and I thank you for that, kind of forcing me to get my mind on God. Uh, the article that I'm reading, it's titled, uh, Are You a Practical Atheist? In other words, we can be Christians, we go to church, we do these things, but what are we practicing? Are we practicing as an atheist would because they don't believe there's a God? If we're doing these things that, that we're sinning, we forget that we're the temple. So we're practicing and acting as though we aren't the temple of God. I may say that I, I have Jesus living in me, but is that how I'm acting? Because when I thought about it like that way, uh, I mean, for me, I had just, I'd never thought of it like that. You, you talk about sin and those types of things, but what are you practicing? Um, because I certainly am not an atheist, but do my actions show that? I, I think that that's really good what you talked about there, Ryan. Um, and, and looking at it from, from, from that perspective, you know, the Bible talks about, um, I believe it's Romans chapter 13, um, not to make provision for the flesh. And I think sometimes that because of our habits, things that we're just used to doing, we make, we make opportunities for ourselves to fall into temptation or, or things in our mind that put things in our mind that in and of themselves are not necessarily right. wrong. But because they've been connected to something else, they become wrong. I remember there was a, a, uh, a show that I, I used to like to watch. And, and I don't know that you could find anything in it that you could point at and be like, Oh my goodness, that's horrible. But there were connotations that were and jokes that were made very frequently right. that, that caused my mind to go a certain way. And I remember, and I don't probably y'all and, and maybe some of the listeners remember, uh, the joke that was going around, you know, that's what she said. And, yeah. and I remember in church listening to a preacher and he said something and it popped in my mind. That's what she yeah. said. Yeah. And when that happened, I was so convicted. My mind had been so wired and so changed that I'm listening to a preacher talk about God in the Bible, and that's where my mind yeah. goes. And I got convicted, got rid of it, quit watching it, repented for it, but because my mind had been changed, and that was a trigger. Um, and so, you know, and you're right, and now I sit in church, and I don't think that way, and I've changed that that pattern, but you don't put things in there that give space to the flesh, that don't make provision for the flesh, that, you know, don't, don't watch movies or TV shows or, or, or look at things that have immodestly dressed women or that, you know, promote certain lifestyles or, right. um, I, Matthew Tuttle, I heard him preach. Um, and he said, you know, he grew up as a missionary kid in Holland where, um, you know, everything is legal, drugs, prostitution, everything. And he said that he's like, you know, all my friends, they did all this stuff. They went into clubs. He's like, I would, I never went, I wouldn't have known what to do because we never watched things that exposed me to that or, or taught me those things. So it wasn't a struggle for me because that wasn't even in my mind. And so we're, if we're careful, you know, it's like an alcoholic who keeps this pack of beer in the fridge to show what they've overcome. It's not yeah, going right. to be very long before they succumb <laughs> yeah, exactly. to it again. Ryan, I think you mentioned something that absolutely has to be key that, um, I almost guess I kind of overlooked in discussing and it, it's just so almost assumed, but you're right. We do have to talk about it and, and it's easy for us to overlook it as it has to start with prayer. And if we'll pray what the Lord told us to pray, the Lord's prayer, where he said, pray that I'm not led into temptation or the way I pray it, I pray, Lord, lead me away from temptation. God, get every situation, you know, that would tempt me as much as possible. Lead me around those situations. And if I'm, if I'm going to be in a situation, give me the grace to deal with it. Prepare me for it so that I'm already right. ready for it before I get there. 
I feel like this is probably happening more and more frequently. And I feel like this is because of that very reason. You know, we, we've talked about burnout in the past and, uh, we've talked about pornography and guarding, um, guarding your purity. Uh, but, and that was episode four. If you want to go back and, and check but, that uh, out. But, uh, in this article, it gives an example. And this was an actual story. It said a young man, uh, approached the the speaker after a seminar about being hired as the new youth pastor of a church. He said he moved his family across the country and was just settling into his new job. He said, David told me, or this is the, 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 the writer of this article, David told me, he said, I was setting up uh, my office or his office one Monday morning and he went in to turn on his internet and he was having a problem. He said he traced it down to a hub in the church that wasn't giving a signal. It was in the main sanctuary says he walked in the sanctuary and up on the big screen was a pornography movie playing next to, as he said, the biggest cross you'd ever see. And his senior pastor was in the sound booth watching pornography in the sanctuary of the church. Senior, pantry, uh, pa- senior pastor eventually lost his job. Yeah, I would yeah, think yeah, so. Yeah, exactly. Um, but how, it ta- you know, it, it, it takes so long to get to that point, but but anybody is susceptible to it. Yeah. What does the scripture say? We are in the world, but not of the world. But we, what do you call, transformed, but we are, what, transformed by the renewing of our mind. Right. And that's where, that's where the renewing comes. You've got to feed your mind certain things that uh, it, it wires a certain way that you would not want to go that direction. Or if it does try to, you reroute it. You know, it's, a, it's, a, the mind should always be like a filter. I think it because of the time, uh, brother Ted Stewart preached about being the filter. And, uh, you know, you, we talk about just pornography, but there's so many other things that uh, lead us like doubt and fear and insecurities. These are all, filtered through our mind and if we hold on to this uh, it, it will eat us away you know what i mean it will destroy us and and not just uh, immoral things but things that uh, as a minister will wear you down will bring you into depression and to the point where you will not want to minister again you know uh, and so your mind should be used as a filtering filtering device where you just filter and these so things i think there's two levels to that one um, you kind of meant uh, alluded to this a little bit is what we feed on, and I think that's one reason we talk so much about, well, at least in in person. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast as much as we do in person. But what are we reading? We probably should talk about that more. Maybe we'll make that a segment on the show that every episode we'll talk about what we're reading just really briefly. Um, we did a whole episode on it two episodes ago um, on the books we're reading because that's so important. Because what you're reading, that's what you're going to think. And the more you read, the more those thoughts will be dominant in your mind. And the quickest way to put in in God ungodly thoughts, and that's like you said, it's not just immodest. I mean, uh, uh lustful thoughts. That's doubt, like you said. That's um, lying thoughts of cheating. Things that would be anything against thoughts that God would give you, um, or thoughts that God would that would be kingdom thoughts. Those are thoughts we have to overcome. And so those are going to come from Hollywood. If you are feeding on Hollywood, you will never, ever, ever get the, the victory over the battlefield of the mind. It's not possible. You're, if you are, and that's why, Andrew, you mentioned it. You know, you were watching certain things and that made you think certain jokes. 
And I agree. There's there's been shows we we me and my wife are pretty good. We're we're very selective on on what we'll watch. And we had found a show that was vi- we were excited about. It was a show that highlighted lawyers, and it was clean. It was it, it um, alluded to some like um, one person wanting an affair, but it was very negative the way it portrayed that and it never happened. And it was very family oriented. It talked about someone else who in the past had had an affair and made it look very bad. And, and that there was a lot of pain from that. And so we were excited. We were watching this show and it wasn't a couple seasons, but then it became very clear that an affair was going to happen. And so I told my wife, okay, we're, you know, we're not going to watch this anymore. And she said, Oh, I had already decided um, that I wasn't going to watch it anymore. And it was mostly her show. I watched a little bit with her. and But I think we have to have that commitment that as soon as we see... And we have to have a list because if not, it's very easy. You start watching it, you get emotionally attached to the characters and you want to finish the show and find out what happened. And you're like, oh, it's just a little bit. It's not the main part of the show and you'll right. keep watching. But that will feed into your mind. And I told her, you know, I said, look, I don't want us to start thinking the other ones, you know, not trusting the other one that the other one's not being faithful because of something we're watching or those thoughts even coming in our mind, whether we would actually feed on them. I don't want them coming in our mind. And so I think it's very important that we control what we allow in because it will affect us. Yeah. Now, if I can ask y'all a question, um, and it kind of goes back to something, Nigel, the the verse you quoted in Romans chapter 12, um, you know, to not be conformed to this word, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, So, first of all, not to be conformed to the world. And that's kind of what we're talking about. But you're not conformed to the world by the transformation of your mind. And that purpose is to prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So let me ask you all, how is your mind transformed? Because we understand it it needs to be transformed. How does that process happen? So just to to clarify, it's not our mind that's transformed, it's us that's transformed by the renewing of our mind. Right, right. Um, j- j- just uh, I know it's like mincing meat here. Um, and I think it's important before we answer that, and I'll let the other guys answer because I've talked a lot, but I do want to point out something. I think as Christians, um, we miss something that it's not saying. And w- the the message we promote, now we won't say this out loud, and I don't even know that we th- realize we think it, but I think some of us think that this, sc- or act in a way that would indicate we think the scripture says, be not conformed to this world, instead be conformed to the church. And that's not what it says. And it's so easy for us to try to say, okay, don't be like your old society and group. Instead, be like the group you're now choosing. It's very easy for people to conform to the church. As a matter of fact, if they start hanging around church people a lot, whether they ever get saved or not, they'll start looking like the church people more and more and more. Because you become like who you hang out with and they'll talk like them. And, and and so the problem is, as soon as they change their group of friends, well, then they conform to that group. Right. But if you're transformed, that doesn't happen. So now I'll let you guys answer the actual question on how you feel the renewing of the mind happens. Ryan? I was going to say, I was just about to say, Nigel? <laughs> <laughs> okay, then I can answer. I've no, thought through this. I've actually, pre- go, I've actually no, preached ahead. a message on this, so I, I actually do have a little preparation. And I know that's not something that would be easy to answer if you haven't thought through it. Um, and so, first of all, we have to think of how is the mind formed in the sense of from a childhood growing. How do how is our our brain developed? And that is through neural pathways. And there, there's two things 
um, that, that primarily form those. Actually, every time you have a thought, that forms a neural pathway. And so, Andrew, you were talking about this. You had thought patterns where you started thinking the same thought. And so, the more you think that, the deeper that groove, if you will, in your mind is formed. And, and this, is, this is scientific fact. I mean, you, it's not disputed. This is absolute concrete science. And that, that path is, is, is formed. And so, you have to rewire your mind. There's two ways primarily that's done. This is very interesting. Scientifically proven. The number one way that you can do that is by memory work. Memorizing things is the best way to rewire your mind. How do you think you do that? Memorize scripture. And, and actually, it's more than just memorizing. It's, it's memorizing and deeply thinking on. So, like meditating is what the world word, the scripture would use. Of course, we know that's not Eastern meditation. That is thinking deeply. So, you, you pick a scripture and you think deeply on that one scripture. Part of that is meditation. I mean, a memorization. You memorize it and then you also think deeply on that one scripture. So, that will, that is the number one way to, to, um, to form new neural pathways. The second way is reading. It's, it's science. You, you meditate and you read and you will change your thinking. You know, I think the, one of the biggest travesties, uh, and I've, uh, fell victim to this myself is the laziness that, uh, that is plaguing, um, the millennials and people of our generation brought on by excessive Basically, it was when uh, video games really started to become popular. Um, and also, not only that, but television and, and movies, uh, especially now with Netflix and binge watching and, and Hulu and Amazon. Every single, there's so many different live streaming options nowadays. Uh, but a lot of these things that we're talking about, what's, what's the one thing they all take? They all take effort. They take a little bit of time. You know, you, you have to make a conscious, willing effort. Uh, I remember I saw a picture on, on Facebook where it said, it, it showed a picture of what a lot of people think a man cave should be. That's a big giant 70 inch screen TV, you know, uh, with a huge surround sound system, big cushy chairs, a refrigerator, you know, all that kind of stuff, all the tons of electronics, everything. And then it said what a man cave really should be. And it was just like this huge, uh, library, this wall, you know, it was a, it was a dark, Agreed. you know, nice wood, uh, paneling and, and, um, nice, uh, furniture for reading and, and like a, a semicircle of, of nice chairs for discussion and stuff like that. And that's, that's really what it, what, what a man cave should be. That's what being an adult is about. Um, and, and that's <clears throat> where I've, uh, where I had started to miss the boat and, I'm glad that I realized what I was doing to myself because you're right. Reading, memorization, laying down those new neural pathways, rewiring the brain. And that's, you know, it's, it just, it just goes to show how awesome God is, right? And, and his grace and that yeah. even things that, that we feel like shouldn't be, shouldn't be happening. God's already made a way for it. I doubt they, they suffered with these types of, uh, of issues back in, you know, the early fifth century. Yeah. The good thing is that it doesn't matter where you are uh, in your thought pattern right now, whoever's listening, that you can retrain your brain to, th- to renew it 
in the, in the way that God wants it to go. You can cast down imagination. You know, sometimes we bring the baggage uh, of doubt and fear into the church, but but when you become a Christian. Uh, God gives you a new mind, new way of thinking, you know, and that's what made the difference in the early church is that they thought different. Uh, it didn't matter what was thrown to them. Uh, their thought pattern was what destroyed the Roman Empire because r- the Romans could not defeat them. They Whatever they threw at them, they came back with a very positive attitude, you know, uh, and, and I think that's what our world needs right now from Christians to have a very renewed mind to cast down imaginations and work the way God wants us to work. Yeah. And, and you know, what y'all were saying about, um, you know, or well, the question I asked, but how you rewire that Philippians talks about whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just pure, lovely, of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And I think that's a key where if you know you have these thought patterns that are detrimental, if you'll begin to memorize scripture, if you'll begin have things that in your mind that you'll think about, things that God has done, think about if you're struggling with pornography and that impure thought comes in your mind, think about the cross, think about God's sacrifice. And it, it if you begin to focus on that and pray about that, you're not going to be able to entertain those other thoughts. It's going to drive them out. If you'll, you know, David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. As you memorize scripture and you, you, as you begin to quote it, it will clear those thoughts out because you're refocusing um, and and it'll help you in in your thought patterns to not dwell on those things because you, you can only think one thing at a time. You can't think two things. It can be close to each other, but you can only think about one thing at a time. And so if you replace that thought with a different thought, um, then it, you'll automatically change direction. There was a, a commentator that said, all the plans of life should be controlled by the will of Christ and formed and executed under his control as captives are led by a conqueror, not just a conqueror, but the all-conquering redeemer. These thoughts are captive, and captive thoughts are not in control. We know Christ is the is is the one that He needs to be leading us. And just like you were saying, Andrew, that comes with prayer, comes with putting Christ first, putting His Word first. I I heard a uh, a quote, um, and I thought it was was interesting. Y'all have probably heard it too, um, but it says every sin is committed twice once in our thoughts and again in our actions and that it's you know it's a lot easier to deal with with consequences of sin because it is you know if we dwell on thoughts it is sin you know yeah, Jesus yeah. talks about if you look on a woman to lust that's in your that's in your thoughts that's in your mind so it is important but it's a lot easier to deal with those consequences if it stops at a thought but if you don't deal with it at a thought then it's going to continue on you know um in in James chapter 1, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. But if you can stop it at a thought, if you can take it into captivity, if you can uh, conquer those imaginations, cast them down, then then it'll be able, it's a lot easier to deal with at that point than after you've already committed the sin, you've already acted, and now you're dealing with the consequences right. and trying to to take care of the mess at that point. Another quote I've heard is that thoughts become words, words become actions, actions become habits, habits become character, and character becomes destiny. 
So be careful what you think today because it'll become your destiny. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And it's it's a good too. One thing um that was thrown in there, you said habits become or your thoughts become words. I think sometimes your thoughts can become or your words can become your thoughts. You'll say something that maybe you don't even fully believe or you'll say something that you're just starting to believe and that will re ingrained it. So it's very important to watch what you say. I remember dad always talking about when you're married, never talk about, oh, the old hag, which I can't imagine ever hearing a husband say that or talking about, you know, oh, she's so mean and she's so fat or which I, I, again, I cannot imagine a man talking like that about his wife, but being negative about his wife, he said, because she will become what you say she is. And same thing for, you know, uh, a wife or her husband. You talked about things like that. But then also beyond that, the things you say will become your thoughts. And that's really going to ingrain it in your mind. And you can use that to your benefit. I have done this. It's recent that I heard somebody talk about it, a preacher talk about it. Um, but, But even though I didn't believe something, I knew I should believe it. And so I started saying it. And I know it kind of borders on the whole like um, get whatever, name it and grab it. That's not what I'm talking about at all. But things like, um, you know, you are forgiven. Tim, you have been forgiven for all your sins. You do not need to feel guilty anymore. Guilt, get out of your mind. Um, You have repented. God promised he would forgive you. You are free from all um, effects of this sin. It is gone. Um, You know, things like that. Or or Tim, you are loved. You are not despised by God. He does not look on you with disappointment. He does not look on you with condemnation. He loves you. That is his primary, things like that. And then the more you say it and man, you'll start getting excited and then you start talking to God and it becomes right. prayer. Um, but things like that, using your words. So yeah. when you're struggling with a thought and you feel like you can't get out of the pattern, say what you know you should believe and say what yes. you know that is true. Because um, that's really what faith is. I I just recently heard that Brother T.W. Barnes, when every day that he would wake up, he'll look in the mirror and he'll start telling himself, uh, you know, speaking to that mirror that T.W. Barnes, today you're going to see miracles. God is going to use you. That's good. Uh, you know, yeah. He is going to do great things through you. Awesome. You know, he's, uh, you're a great man of God, you know, things like that. He just, he spoke to himself and spoke positive things into his own life, you know. And with, the more you speak, the more you begin to believe Amen. that, you know, just begin to hear yourself and you begin to change your thought pattern. And I think, Tim, you just nailed it, you know, just those things are very important because uh, the Bible even says to encourage your own self. You know, David did that. David did that quite a lot because uh, uh, sometimes your your mind will try to pull you down, and, and yeah. if if it if it's going in a different trail, you just start speaking those things, and it just brings it back. Tim, I think you meant uh, name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. <laughs> I did, but I felt <laughs> <myself> short. <laughs> Um, you know, and one other thing I just thought too, this just came to my mind. Um, and Andrew, you talked about this. And this is so important. The, the thought of replacing your thoughts. And I do this when I'm struggling with my thought patterns, I will choose a couple subjects. Um, and honestly, they're not all spiritual. Sometimes I'll, I'll choose a particular soccer game. I'm a fan of Arsenal. And so I think of a particular soccer game and that's ready there for me to think. And then I'll have a certain scripture that I'm studying. And then I'll have maybe a story that happened during the day or something like that. I'll have like three or four thoughts that are ready to go. It's like I'm already loaded. 
And so you, you have your you have your thoughts ready, ready to go. You're like three or four of them lined up. And the moment you think that one thought that you're struggling with, it's like you think of one thing, like maybe the, the Arsenal game or or the scripture. Obviously, that would be the best one or, or something or, or a sermon you recently heard, but you have thoughts ready to go and you replace them with those. My dad used to always tell a, tell a story and I've used this so many times and it's worked so well. He says, you know, if I told you, don't think of a purple elephant, you would not have third of a pur- thought of a purple elephant all day long. <laughs> but now that I said it, you just thought of it. And I could tell you all day long, don't think of a purple elephant. Don't think of a purple elephant. And the more I said it, the more you'd think of it. All I'd have to do, though, is say brown alligator. Okay, and now you replaced it and that, that purple elephant's gone. Now maybe you'd go back because I just said it again, but you just replace it. And so having those ready... And then what just came to me right now is if you're really struggling to replace it, you can't think of it, just start, I mean, read a sign because you can't read something and think about something else, Yeah, you know, or, or, or pull, pull a book, so just read words. I don't care if it's an operations manual for some, you know, tool, you start reading and you, you can't think that thought it's going to replace it. And so get that desperate, like the, like that, you know, and Dave Ramsey used this analogy. He says, you know, the lion on that chase, the lion and the gazelle. When the lion starts chasing gazelle, you know, yeah, he wants to get the gazelle, but if he don't get this one, he can get the next one. But the gazelle, he's got to win this race because if he loses this one, that's it. He's done. <laughs> and so we need to get that gazelle mentality with debt. Now, he's talking about debt, and I agree we should get out of debt and all that. But we need to get that gazelle mentality about overcoming our thoughts. Yeah. That I got to win this thing, and I got to win it quick. Yes. Because this could destroy me. It really could. Your thought pattern... It always starts there. If you can, do, if you can win every battle in the mind, you'll never have problems. Um, you know, you'll never have bigger problems with your your sin and all that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Agreed that for man. sure. Yeah, I do. I was just gonna say you can't can't have a whole podcast about the mind without at least mentioning the verse in Proverbs that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so your thoughts are so vital, so important. You, you are what you think. You can't, you can't say, well, yes, this is in my mind, but that's not who I am. No, your thoughts, your are so yeah. vitally important to, to not just to your well being and to God being able to use you, but your relationship with God. Um, it taught, you know, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ. Um, love God with all your heart, mind. Your mind has to be, um, included in your love for God, in your worship. You know, to, Jesus said to worship in spirit and in truth. But what is truth? That's what we know. That involves your mind. And so we have to involve our mind. It has to be engaged because what you think, what goes on in your mind is who you are. Yeah. For sure. Right, right, man. I was just going to commend Andrew. He did a good job. Oh, thank you. Oh, yes, Andrew, <laughs> you, you did a good job as a... I was going to say fill in, but you're not filling in for anybody. I guess extra. No. <laughs> But thanks for coming on, Andrew. But you know, we've, we've talked about this a lot. I, I think we've given all of us a lot to think about. We've ran out of time. Thank you so much, each and every one of you that has stuck with us to the end. And thank you so much to those of you that have shared the podcast with your friends, maybe by word of mouth, or maybe you shared the post from Facebook or something, or, or maybe you shared our big um, post that now, last I checked, had well over 200,000 views and maybe you were one of those views and you helped us reach a couple extra people and so thank you thank you for being a part of this and until next episode remember you matter to the kingdom of God
Behind the Pulpit Podcast.